And now... Hey, Rocky, watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! <laughs> Ooh, don't know my own strength. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. What's up, guys? Uh, welcome to episode 64. We're going to go back to some party days in Oakland. Talk about some positive times that happened in Oakland with my uh, buddy Rocky. Oh, God. The forest fire has cut out the buffering on my shit. <laughs> You're listening to Drowsy Holler in the background. That's Rocky's band. When there was music around pre-virus. Anyway, we're going to talk to him about some Oakland shit, some stories, some ghost stuff, music, I don't know. He knows I fucking smoke weed, so goddamn, who knows. Anyway, welcome back to the episode. This is a more chill episode, definitely, and uh, Rocky's a good dude. And that's the end of it. And this buffering fucking sucks my fucking shit, dude. Okay, so fuck everybody. Fuck you. All right, we're out of here. (laughs) Little Walter started huffing frog piss again. All right, gang, welcome back. This episode's brought to you by fucking my 13th barrel of Gorilla Glue. I have no plans on fucking stopping, motherfuckers. This is the best fucking dope I've ever smoked in my life, man. And it's the best fucking dope the show's ever smoked. So, on the show today, we got fucking Mr. Rocky Holman, man. Rocky, are you there, babe? I'm here, buddy. All right, Long man. time no here. No shit. You sound good, motherfucker. I ain't talked to you in, like, uh, over a decade, I thought. You sound good, too. Yeah, it's probably been about a decade. Um, you know, when you knew me at that point, I was a hot fucking mess in the gallery scene. My brain wasn't quite together like it is now. I think the podcast really did help on a therapeutic end, dude, you know? know. It seems like it's helping. It seems like it's helping. People are interested, you know, um... It hasn't gone well in I've every facet, but, <laughs> you know, thanks, man. You said your favorite was that uh, <laughs> super alien reveal one, huh, with the uh, Elvis the Shapeshifter? <laughs> yeah, Elvis the Shapeshifter. Dude. You, man, there's, a lot, there's a lot in that episode. You said you went back and watched that video, and, and you know, some people were like, oh, he had a, a TRI. You know what a TRI is? No, what is that? It's a mini stroke. It comes in, it leaves... It's like a mini heart. It's like a mini donut heart attack. <laughs> that's what, uh, but yeah. some people are like, "Oh, that's what happened, dude." You're. I'm sorry, man. I've had two TRIs, bro, uh, at my mom's really? house. Yeah, right before I started the podcast, I had two TRIs in a row in New Orleans. My mom didn't even know it, dude, because I I didn't tell her. <laughs> Blanking out, just waking up from them, or no? It was a go? it was a straight up mini heart attack. Oh man, I have weird heart palpitations every now and then that freak me out. And I'm a, you know, I'm a little bit on the overweight side, so you know, I'll be like, uh oh, yeah. My wife, like, uh, uh, Julie, like I'll grab her. I'm like, Julie, it might be, it might be happening. <laughs> <laughs> like Prince Sanford. <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> I know, motherfucker had a heart attack every episode. <laughs> But yeah, like like Julie, start up the ambulance. Uh huh. Like yo, Ecto One, man, we're going in. You know. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's usually just me tripping out on myself. That's it. <laughs> man, we had a good time when uh, I was out there, dude. For the most part, I I think we you know we just did a lot of shows. You were playing. What were you doing? You were playing music, right? Yeah, we were playing a bunch of country music over at the Stork Club and all around Oakland. And, you know, down in Crockett and just Bay Area. We were playing in the Drowsy Holler the dra- back in the day. The Drowsy Holler. We tried to get it back together. We tried to get it back together, but, you know, COVID. COVID's been a bitch. So. Can people find your music out there? You got any links you want to drop? Oh, yeah. We're on, we're on Spotify. We're on Spotify. You can just look up the Drowsy Holler. The Drowsy Holler, y'all. Fun shit, too. You're a fun fu- motherfucker, man. Your brother is oh, like yeah. a, a close second to you, <laughs> Lauren. <laughs> Love the guy, man. You guys are my family, man. He's probably listening right now. Uh huh. He will be, you know. So, you know, 
I hope he knows that I'm doing better since the podcast got started. So, Lauren, if you're listening, I got your brother right here. And this gun's not loaded at his head, but it could be. So get your shit together. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you guys had a project back in the day, too. What was it called? Uh, no Stromo, man, with uh, Steve. Stromo. Stevie with... Uh, yeah, that shit. Steve LaFever. That shit was amazing. Oh, man. Um, Doom, right? Well, I just did the I'm a Colostomizer episode, and two of the songs that we did in No Stromo, I blatantly just used from Colostomizer, which was a band I had in Boulder, Colorado. You guys go back and listen to that episode. That's a fucking cool-ass episode. My agent says it's not yeah, his favorite episode. episode. But, you know, my agent doesn't know everything, so, hey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm going to go check that one out. Check it out, dude. It's fun, you know. Um, but, yeah, we, we had a good time. Steve was a powerhouse fucking drummer. Your brother, an amazing fucking musician bassist, you know. I love all three of your asses. We were good together. I remember Matt Pike from High on Fire trying to get Stevie all drunk one night and being like, come on, let me join, let me join the band, come on. At, at, the, at, at the stork, dude. Fucking Matt Pike. Fucking trying to, you know, Mr. Sleep can't get enough money, motherfucker. You got to come in on our shit, too. It's like, what are you going to do with us? None of us. We're, we're living off ramen. You live off fucking t- cocaine coated fucking burritos every night, motherfucker. You know, it's like. He was a dick. Uh, I'm not talking <laughs> shit on Matt. He used to stay. He used to stay the night. He used to stay the night. I used to wake up in the morning and it'd be like, oh, Matt Pike just on the couch again. He's like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, hey, what's up, Matt? That's fun to fucking. I like getting a little dirt on that. <laughs> I just end up in my office room and I'm like, what the fuck is going on my couch, dude? You're on the cover of Rolling Stone. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of here. I remember one time, I thought it was like right when High on, it was like their second year, you know, and he knew me because when they did their first U.S. tour, they came to Denver, they played at the Lion's Lair, and I was in a band called Black and Goat Tongue, and maybe later I'll do the Black and Goat Tongue episode, I don't know, but anyway, uh, that's what he used to call me, man, when he first knew me, hey, Black and Goat Tongue, but I knew him 10 years before that. But he didn't remember any of that shit. He only remembered me from the point, yeah, you know. But he was a little thief back then. He was a, he's a thief now. <laughs> he's a fucking like thief. No, well, he, you know, there'll be the ep- the high on fire episode where he actually uh, had contracted me to do a thirty-two page comic book, and it wasn't on paper contract. And uh, that's your mistake, guys. Always, if you're doing a professional thing and you're going to do something for a band like High on Fire, and the kind of shit he was talking was putting this comic book in the Scion uh, car release of albums from 2012. You remember that? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Devo did one, I thought. And then Devo played with Sleep, and that was Sleep's first reunion show back after 20 years of being... Al and Dave had been sick of Matt for a while. And, uh... Amazing. It was amazing. They Devo got back. Devo and Sleep. That I know. Motherfucker. You can't blame the music, too, dude. Guys, don't blame the music just because a dickhead plays in the band. <laughs> no, well, here's, here's the funny shit about, about Devo. When I lived at the command center, uh-huh. so before, before uh, who died in Devo? Who was it that died in Devo? Oh. Um, died. Anyway, so they have a new keyboardist, right? Right. So that guy used to live at the command center. So right before, right when that dude was, that dude joined up with Devo. He's the new keyboardist from the command center. Oh my God. And that guy ripped off, ripped off the command center for like 800 bucks or some shit. So, uh, (laughs) they're both on the same page, I guess. (laughs) You know, that's... All the command command center people are like, nah, fuck that guy. He ripped us off for 800 bucks. He like, I guess he asked two different people for his deposit and got his deposit back plus his deposit back from another person, so he like doubled it up. Oh shit! I wish I could remember that guy's name. What a dick, though. That's some dick move. But I love Devo. But I love Devo. You know, just pre pre two thousand and eleven Devo. Right. You know, they everything changes. Everything gets rotten. Devo got rotten. Sleep. You know, as soon as Mac, you know, asked me to do this comic, bro, I sat there for four months and did a thirty-two page comic for him. 
My mistake was oh, going. Man, you finished it. I finished it. He claimed plausible deniability. Didn't remember asking me. Didn't remember oh, all no. of it. His band didn't like the comic. Uh, I, he said he had a story, but then left me hanging on the story. So I just kind of had to improvise and make a thirty-two page story about something. If you can imagine doing that, and then uh, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't like. I, yeah, I bent. What's I bent over. He wasn't there for me. He didn't even tell me he was in Portland when I finished the motherfucker. You know, it just went on and on. His band didn't like it. Pre Madonna bitches, you know, and just uh. He became a dick. I had to pay 500 bucks out of my pocket to cover his ass, and he had no remorse, man. He never paid me. He said, he gave me 500 bucks five years later to stop being pissed about it. I was like, I'm still, I'm going to take your 500 bucks, and then you're still going to owe me 3,200 bucks later, you fucking douche nozzle. So, you know. <laughs> He's a dick. Guys, if you get fucking big, just do contracts right away. Don't feel bad about being this fucking... If everybody, oh, you're a capitalist. Well, be a capitalist, motherfucker. It's better to get paid for your work than to do the work and not get paid. You know? That's true. It's totally true. You don't want to get ripped off out there, you know? And as an art therapy podcast, you know, if you're feeling like you're in that stage of art and you could go forward, you know, do it. You know? I mean, do it, do it right. <laughs> anyway, enough about legalities. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> this shit's uh, uh, you know, we're just catching up, and it's great so far. Um, you know, I remember in Nostromo, man, we were about to, we had a sound that probably could have thrown us over uh, the top. You know, my favorite, uh, my favorite song was the uh, the Mothra. Mothra fucker, Can you do it. Can you do the Mothra? Do the, do the, oh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember being upstairs in my apartment and hearing you guys from the basement and just hearing that. The <laughs> I was like, whatever that is, that's right. Whatever that is, that's right. <laughs> Dude, we were also that's a, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> Everybody was wasted in down Oakland, Steve, man. Down in Steve's uh, basement apartment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Getting it tore up every night at the Stork. You were either at the Stork or you did the Rare show down at the Biohazard, you know, joint. Yeah. And uh, what was the other places that were in Oakland? The ha- that was the Hazmat. Hazmat, yeah. yeah that's the right. Hazmat. And that was before, you know, Tom went off the fucking deep end at the store, posting hell of anti-Black Lives Matter and bullshit like that. I told him, I was like, dude, you're going to fucking lose a bunch of friends. Yeah, he was a Nazi, right? Like, nobody wants to hear that shit. Yeah. I, I, I forgot and about you know that what? shit. We defended him through that, we defended him through that Dale shit, because remember, so he had a manager there that ended up, like, somebody, somebody was like, this dude's a fucking creep. So somebody, like, pulled up his record. And he was like an old man, and it, he ended up being like a convicted fucking child molester. And and so everybody was like, the owner of the stork is a child molester. And I was like, oh, that's not the owner of the stork. He just works there. And so like a hell of, you know, like damage control day and was like, hey, this is not the owner. And they fired him immediately right when they found out. And so like, but, you know, they never really came back from that. And so I, I would defended that dude, you know, tooth and nail. And then he comes out with this shit on his own, like, oh, clean up after protesters, pick up your brass, and shit like that. Like, I was like, oh, oh God. no, dude. Um, nope, like, nope. Like, oh, man. <laughs> and then his wife, God. a bunch of people went off on him. A bunch of people went off on him, and then his wife posted something like, Oh, so sorry. Somebody hacked Tom's Facebook for the past oh two months. Oh, my God. Everybody's like, God, that's such fucking bullshit. Shut the fuck up. What? Dude, I remember he was like that then. I thought I left yeah, in 2010. You know, he kind of kept it undercover. He did. I remember. And the closer you got to these stork guys, the more you were like, I know I need to social yeah. distance myself back then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, it was like there's no difference, you know. Yeah, I went to the stork one night, and uh, 
and it was after hours, you know what I mean? Like we used to do, like, hey, knocking on the on the gate, like, hey, let us in. We, you know, we want to smoke cigarettes and drink beers. Yeah. And I went in one night, and Dale, the child molester dude, was in there. Oh god! Fucking, and he had like twenty people in there, and they're all smoking meth. Mm. I'm talking about it looked like a fucking move, like a graveyard in a movie. There's the whole floor is covered with smoke. Like it's a fucking pedof- you know, meth smoke kind of like drops. Oh yeah, dude, that fuck, ugh. dude, it was disgusting. I'm talking about it looked like <laughs> everywhere inside of there. I spent, I spent, I spent less than fucking three minutes. I think I drank my beer in less than three minutes. And then, uh, it was me and a buddy, and we just both were like, "Oh god, this is not good. We should probably leave." But there was like twenty tweakers, like just kind of. Zombification around the place, <laughs> and all this fucking mess smoke. <laughs> like zombie, like this is pedo mess balls. Oh god, man! <laughs> terrible. Fucking methophiles, man. Freak me out. Uh. Methophiles. <laughs> god, dude, we nailed that Rocky. just now. Methophiles. <laughs> Where the smell drops, motherfucker. <laughs> Oh. Where the carpet never sleeps. <laughs> it doesn't, dude. It's fucked up, man. That place is fucked. Dude, living right next to that place, too, and I could hear it every night. Every night, man. Oh, if you ever wanted to get laid, though, pff, just be careful. <laughs> you know. Dude, that's where I met this girl. I'm not gonna. She was like this French Philippine. Uh, I thought she was French Philippine, and every guy in there, the dick, the dick well was dry, man. You know what I mean? I was the only <laughs> motherfucker that was worth a shit. She saw it. She's like, "Come on," and we took off, man. And they, the whole car, they were in a BMW. It was filled to capacity. They had ten people in the front of this fucking car. There was no place for us to sit, so they put us in the trunk. And oh my God. I got to make out like going 80 miles an hour on a freeway in the back of a trunk in a BMW. <laughs> I thought that was a classic little moment, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Stork. <laughs> you know? The Stork coming. The Stork came through in multiple ways, man. <laughs> That's totally true. Like fucking, I want to give a shout out to Cycloptopus and all those boys. Oh you know, yeah. Like, I never would have met. I never would have met. You know, Mikey. Jared and, mm-hmm. and uh, oh yeah, yeah, Jared's brother Chris, uh huh, the Mabry babies, the Mabry. Oh my babies, god! Yeah, dude. They remember they had they were their brothers, but they had the same birthday. Uh huh. So I was I uh one year I got him a cake and it had like a knife on it or something and it said and it was to his mom and it said you made the same mistake twice. Something <laughs> <laughs> like that because they had the same birthday. Wow. Like same, it was something along those lines, like Miss Mabry, same mistake twice, something like that. This really is the Oakland episode. It's the Oakland episode now, man. That's what this is. Yeah, now it's the Oakland episode. It really is, man. We're just going to keep it that way, pretty much. You know, I'll just talk about the weird shit that happened to me there. That's enough. <laughs> you know, like holy shit, dude. The Sword Club, the Sword Club alone could be an episode. It is. We're doing it right now. We're going to call it the the Stork episode. Or some shit. I'll figure it out. When I get stoned enough. (laughs) This has been great. I learned everything. I learned everything. How to, like, be on stage. How to fucking, like, you know, do cocaine, if I will. You know, Mm -hmm. that's where everything happened. How to be an alcoholic. How to be self-loathing. Oh, yeah. No, we... In the off nights, I would still be there, like, ugh, hella hungover. Like, uh, what am I fucking doing here? And those red fucking seats, sticking to those red seats. Oh, man. You know what? My whole... the My favorite... Some of my favorite shit... Um, just to go on the favorite shit and first, the good news first, <laughs> um, I loved when the, before the art, uh, walks around that telegraph area all the way down. Um, but specifically right there by mama buzz. And, uh, yeah, well it just used to be shows. 
Right. Like every first Friday, it just used to be a show. And it was and shows. That one, that one hipster chick had like the one studio, I think, and she would have shows. And then people started calling it first Fridays. Uh-huh. And then it became and then like. And so it would just be shows and some art. And, not, and it'd be like maybe like, you know, 50. And then, you know, a year later, it'd be like 100 kids. <laughs> it was awesome back then. Remember when I had that fucking, I had this dream, y'all. I was living at the studio, like, right behind the store club in Mama Buzz, right there on 24th and Telegraph. And, uh, mm-hmm. free coffee every day, unlimited gallons were consumed in a, <laughs> however long I lived there for that area. I know, bro. It was awesome. Big Patty and Zoe. Mm-hmm. Billy Billy Egan. Now Billy Egan has Eli's. So he's working over there. And then Patty's a firefighter. Who was the other Billy? And, that... uh, and Jade. Jade, yep. Oh, did he work there? And then Jade moved away to um, to Texas. I think she started something out there. I'm sure, man. She was a definite, you know, pioneer, man. So no, it doesn't yeah, surprise me. She was always cool, man. She was stern and cool. Firm. She was the only one who would give me a job. She was the only one that had a, the absolute business mind about it. So she kind of ran the, sh- yeah. the ship, man. But, um, you know, the I remember going there. I was just telling my friend this story last night about these uh, kids' comics. That I got suckered in a little flashback to what I'm about to tell you, you know. Um, I got suckered into doing children's comics. I thought it was like 2000 while I was in my own underground comic book imprint called Stale Link, and my partner got brainwashed into believing that we needed to do children's comics. It was all a big fail, but, you know, when you go out of your way... uh Uh-huh, but I went out of my way for a year, self-created without his help, you know, basically my my own characters in in the children's thing. And then they, like, you know... Just like Bill Cosby abandoned the Fat Albert crew in West Philly because white people were saying they looked too racist, which is just a bunch of bullshit. My kid uh, comics got fucking abandoned, too. And so fucking, uh, you know, I got these kids abandoned now in cartoon land, right? And so I thought it was like 2008, and this woman from Haiti um, had shown up from Martinez, and she's a Haitian shaman. You know, this beautiful elder black woman, you know, she comes and finds me. I was drawing on skateboards, remember, Rocky? Yeah, I do. And I was sitting there. Very detailed. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there doing it. Was, you do a show with <laughs> skateboards, too? I fucking will tell you about that in a minute. But no, remind me, you know. Um, but right now, this, 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 this woman finds me, and she says, the spirits led me to you. She tells me this in Mama Buzz, and I, I hadn't even seen her. I was drawing at the bar, you know. I was drawing on, on the skateboard at the bar, and she just walked up from behind me and just scared the shit out of me, dude. And I turned around, and I said, what spirits? <laughs> you know? And she goes, <laughs> she says, uh, you know, I, I need you to draw a picture for my grandson. And he she pulls out this, a picture of this, uh, you know, seven-year-old, her seven-year-old uh, grandson. He's this beautiful little kid, you know, and she's like, I just need you to draw a picture for him. And I was like, okay. And I said, what's his name? She said, Johan. I said, okay, Super J. And so I took Super J and I made him into this uh, comic book, you know, superhero, which later on I'll do the the Universal Children's Alliance Network episode, and I'll tell you how I created a whole children's universe, but I'm not going to launch into that, but that was definitely the beginning of some shit right there. I have no idea where I was going with it. <laughs> Stoner as fuck. Um, how did she hear about you? Like, that was the weird part, right? Well, that's what it... showed up, it was, tapped you on the shoulder, it was, mama was. It was paranormal. Oh, man. I know. There was never an, a, a serious explanation of, you know, what... Oh, man. That's you know crazy. what I mean? Yeah. But it did birth uh, my first all-black comic book, which I was working for, and I'll tell you guys about it on that Universal 
Children's Alliance Network, which is an acronym for You Can, which was my chill is my children's shit, you know, and uh, you know I do underground comics, Rocky. I do smut and all this other crap. So you know, I might as well admit that I'm I'm gonna do both. I'm you know I'm gonna end up doing <laughs> children's books and underground, and you know it's my right to do it. Never the two shall meet, my friends, but. You know, I definitely am a, a father, and I know what it's like to, you know, I to be a kid at heart and to see the oppression um, of specifically black people in America. And I'm glad I had developed this thing, you know, a good, in 2000, whenever she approached me, it was 2008, so that's how old Super J is. Now we're dealing with this shit here in the future, and it's still as rampant. And it's still as violent. And it's too bad Super J's not really here the way I draw him because he'd be kicking these white fucking motherfuckers down the street, you know? <laughs> Telling you, man. These, guy, lawyer, these lawyers and Martinez, like... Uh, he, I would love to see those kids. The black uh, you know, they charge them. They charge them with a hate crime. Oh, my God. Two lawyers are a lawyer and a doctor, some affluent-ass fucking white people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and now, you know, they didn't actually, they charged him with it. It didn't stick, though. They they got out of it, of course. But, the, the whites you know, they, they yeah. slapped him on the wrist. They they made an example of him. Mm. Like, the you know, the everybody thinks that those Black Lives Matter, or the, at least the one in Martinez, that, that it was, you know, unplanned. People just show up, and it's like a graffiti thing. No, this they got a permit to do that. And so, you know, these people come out and they think that it's just, you know, you know, people of color putting this stuff all over my streets and I'm going to cover it up. But that's not how it is. They actually, like, got a permit huh. to do it. So so when these, you know, fucking white people come out all pissed off with their buckets of white paint over the black paint, you know, mm-hmm. they got they got locked up, I think. I think they got locked up for a night. Oh, good. So like, I mean, you know, I wish they would have got charged with a hate crime, but you know, people need to dick. There's no indictments. I don't know how. Yeah, exactly. You know, I did find. I found out the secret of why white people fucking get away with all this shit, though. It's in the Sumerian text. I'll, you know, I'll tell you straight up. That's where uh, I read, you know, this translated Sumerian text about an evil general named Marduk who ends up, uh, you know, basically spawning white people in the Sumerian text. It goes back there. It's in, it's Genesis six, two, you know, and anybody who wants to contact me off the grid, you guys can, I can talk about that shit all day. Cause I've been studying it for 16 years and I already know why white people act fucked in the head. And I know why they act all like with their, fucking little entitlement rights all over the fucking place and nothing's going to get past their ass. I'll tell you, you know, and I know white people that are good that have, uh, broke past that ge- genetic bullshit, that kind of suppressor that's in and weak people fucking fall for the suppressor, you know, and they go into hate. It's easier to hate something you don't understand and to fucking sit there and fucking understand it or give you know yeah or just you know it's like you know you want to feel hateful go ahead go do it in some go do it on some barren land you know where you're not around people who give a fuck you don't need to be around yeah dude you can't kill them it's like you know people want to kill racists and shit but you know dudes it's their fucking business to be fucking these hateful dicks you know, and they just need to be somewhere else, like on some pig ranch. <laughs> some pig land. It's called pig land. <laughs> you know, like, man, Jesus. It's kind of like Ray Liotta and No Escape, you know, where they make Australia the prison continent. <laughs> they drop his yeah. ass off there. It's a great movie, man. <laughs> um, but I think that actually happened. <laughs> you know, n- now... Um, and you know where I'm at, dude? I know where you're at, fucking. It must just be the smoldering pine fire cloud, by the way, because of the fire that's going on in Northern California, you guys. And oh, man. So there, I'm shifting gears a little. There's a new fire. There's a new fire, and it's called 
the gender reveal flyer because I guess somebody set off a bunch of fireworks and now there's a huge fire because of a gender reveal party. So people just fucking stop with the goddamn gender reveal parties. Or just don't blow fireworks near uh, woods if you're having one. You know, that's nah, the. Yeah. <laughs> to me, that's probably not a good idea. Parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like Rihanna. <coughs> it's like Martina is like surrounded by like the most grass, the most dry grass out of anywhere. <laughs> and you're blowing off like you know you're in some dumpy ass park blowing off a bunch of fireworks. Makes a lot of sense, guys. Blue or 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 pink smoke off. Have you seen? They just said, <laughs> uh, Have you no, seen this thing from Google party. Earth? Have you seen this fire from Google Earth? No, I have not, dude. Have it looks like it's fucking right out of the Bible, man. It's all and a and a pit of fire shall burn in the west. You know, oh, well, <laughs> it's it looks like the pit of fucking fire. It looks like hell. Great. It's just, it's hell on earth, man. That's what it fucking looks like. I can't believe, they're saying it's the worst in history. That's some biblical shit to me at this time period, man. You know? Uh, for us, it's just fire season, you know? Yeah, it's but. It's a season. <laughs> the, the fucking last two fires, though, well, going back to 2017, and then there was the uh, the one in Montana at the same time, which was burning half the state until about, you know, September of 2017. So it lasted a minute, man. You know, <clears throat> it's sad, man. You know, it's this guy's a little fucking spark, dude. Man, a fucking roach, dude, can fucking burn 180,000 acres and more. You know, it's just you have to be fucking Don't careful. Blame Don't blame uh, I'm gonna blame a roach, man, for fucking deadhead motherfuckers. <laughs> You're like, don't blame roaches. Blame those fucking evil cigarette <laughs> cigarette companies. Winston, you know, a cigarette butt. Anything that can burn a matchstick, motherfucker. My dad, you know, he was a bad guy, but he was a fireman too, man. And he, you know, he did come to my fucking, you know, stand up for me like a few times. And one time I was going to school with this metalhead dude. His mom was the mayor of Wilmington, North Carolina. <laughs> and, oh, and this guy's name was Fatty. And, you know, he's like this fucking 400 pound. Fatty? Yeah, because he would. Yeah, because he smoked fatties all He named himself that. Oh. And he's like, Fatty. And I was like, cool, Fatty, what's up? So we knew Fatty, and he was a stoner, and he was smoking in the bathroom one time. He put. I, I was straight edge still. <laughs> That's how I knew, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I was still looking at the <laughs> I didn't start smoking fucking weed until my ass went to Colorado, and everybody was like, "Here," and I was like, and I couldn't. I just had it. We had one hit, and I was on meth for. No, I was just kidding. But I was, you know, <laughs> methophile. <laughs> You're like, you're like, I just heard the first note of soap thrown, and my life just went down the toilet. No, you know what it was? It was Joe Preston playing bass on Lysol with the Melvins on that album, man. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. I was, I smoked this shit. I thought I had a, it was a hash weed combo. And then I watched, oh and, and then I watched Beyond the Valley of the Dolls right after I listened to that shit. Oh my god! And my okay, mind so. was so fucking blown; it fucking was unreal, man. It changed my entire. I saw that movie in thing. high school. Is it the Is it the first? Isn't there two of them? Which one is with the party at the mansion? The trippy like sixties, seventies party at the mansion. That's that. that's beyond the valley of the dolls and Z Man does beyond. the Z Man comes out who oh, and he's oh, like man. This is my crazy. happening and it freaks me out. And you know, that line became famous and be, and went on Austin Powers, y'all, and all that other shit, you know. Z Man. Yeah. He was a fucking evil he was like Baphomet, right? Because he had these tits at the end. He rips open his shirt. And he's got tits, and the guy fucking says, yeah. that's what it's been all along, huh, Z-Man? You're a goddamn broad, a goddamn ugly broad. And he takes the fucking sword Excalibur and cuts his head off. 
he kills Martin Borman, the Nazi ripoff. You know, he goes, do the crimes of six million innocents still ring in your ear? They are waiting for you. And then fucking impales him on the beach, you know. Fucking brilliant. Oh, man. yeah, the fight thing goes down to the beach, right? Mm-hmm. He kills the Nazi, and then he goes and he kills uh, uh, um, the one uh, girl in the Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, Cynthia Meyer's character. Uh, I can't oh, remember I her name. Ah, damn it. You know, Senator, oh, Casey Anderson. <laughs> no, no doubt related to Senator Anderson, needless to say. <laughs> so, you know, there's the fucking, you know, she, he kills Casey. The guys come in, you know, they take, and he, and he, he dies with blood on his tits. I always thought, you know, that's why it ruined his career because he kind of comes off like Baphomet at the end where he's like this fucking dude on peyote running around the fucking thing with his tits hanging out and a crown on his head, a cape coming off him. <laughs> Decapitating everybody. Yeah, he's fucking everybody. fucking everybody over. <laughs> In a bat, in a badass like Eichler Beach House, like the hell cool ass house. And dude, uh, Stu, I or uh, what was it? Stu Mead did the fucking uh, soundtrack, man. Oh my god, dude! It's just the most amazing music behind during the whole killing, and it's like a cross between Hanna Barbera seventies shit and just some fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so amazing days. Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. That's a great... That was the first rated X movie, man. Uh, released by the Motion Picture... Really? Yep. Released by the Motion Picture Association of America. No, like X. This needs a new, new rating. It's going to be X. Like, don't yep. watch it. Yeah, it was 1970. <laughs> yep. And uh, I guess my dad was 18 and saw it in the theater, you know. And he was like, you know, like everybody else, like, holy shit, that's the most pornographic, mind-blowing crap you've ever seen. Now it's like NC-17 yeah. by all the shit that comes out today and, it, you know, with all the shock and Adult Swim wants to scar your brain all the time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> South Park wants to scar you, you know? All these guys want to scar you, you know? Um, and that's cool. Shock's cool. But, uh, you know, I missed shit with heart in it. Because, you know, at one point you could yeah. have violence like Tex Avery back in the day doing the... Bugs Bunny and shit, and they had guns, they committed suicide, but it was funny, you know? Yeah, they were hunting each other. Yeah, they were using that real artillery, too. <laughs> that, that, uh, there was some, where was it? It's like down, uh, I don't even know where it is, but somebody had painted a fake tunnel on the side of basically like a brick wall. It's like somebody ran into ah! it. Did you hear this story? No. It's <laughs> <laughs> like and it, and it was straight up There's just a stop. There's just a stop sign a right or a left. And some assholes came in the middle of the night and just painted like a fucking a, a fake tunnel, but you know, put you know a little border around it and put like some cartoon town. Like, they did a really nice job, and uh, I showed my wife, and she's like, holy shit, people are so fucking dumb. It's probably some drunk ass, but, but still, I think it was in Southern California somewhere. But somebody had painted it out on somebody fully fucking rammed the wall. Oh, my God, dude. So they're, like, searching. Now they're searching for for these people who painted the fake tunnel. That's so great, man. That's the best shit you're going to hear all day. <laughs> that's like Roger Rabbit shit, dude. <laughs> but that's what Tex A. Maybe they were just hoping, maybe they were just hoping that it would take them to, you know, fucking cartoon land. You know where that came from? Tex Avery created that shit. You know that? That what that guy Tex did? Angry? Tex Avery. Tex Avery. Mm-hmm. You ever heard that guy? No. He. W- All right, let me give you a little quick, you know, cartoonist you should fucking know bio on this motherfucker because he definitely Good is a, a cartoonist you should fucking know. Uh, Tex Avery. <laughs> he was this guy, he was related to the first hanging judge, and he was related, he was uh, the nephew or the cousin, like the great, the great, great cousin of Daniel Boone. And this motherfucker was... 
just out of his fucking mind. Chuck Jones, y'all, the animator who did, you know, uh, Wile E. Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons forever. Um, yeah. And you know his style. And he worked directly with Tex Avery back in the day, and Tex Avery wanted to do these fucking physical-ass comedies. So what he would do is he would take a door and throw it against the wall and open it and actually run into the wall, knowing the wall was behind it, just to see if it was effective gag. And he, <laughs> and he would do things. Uh, he would throw the door on the thing and pretend the stairs went down and just would do the fake stair thing. Like, but you know, he takes the door back off and it's not there anymore. And he would do these like physical, you know, eliminations in cartoons that really just hadn't been done before. You know, he kind of pioneered that whole, the tongue coming out 30 feet out of the head. You know, the eyeballs getting backed out of the head. And you know how he did this shit, y'all? He fucking hurt himself. <laughs> He's like, I needed to make sure it was funny, so I just made sure I just abused myself the same way the cartoon was going to get abused. So to be Man, fair. <laughs> yeah. How would we attest to blasting themselves? I guess you got the test Man. audience as soon as those motherfuckers tried to go through that tunnel. You know? <laughs> Because that's what he would have done. I, you know? If I was tossed, I might try to go through that fucking tunnel. You know? uh-huh. like, I've always, I always had a fantasy of like just getting completely shit hammered and like driving into Lake Merritt with like a rental car or something. Just a bunch of buddies, like, all right, we're doing it tonight, or just completely sober, so we wouldn't get in that much trouble. I just always wanted to drive into Lake Merritt. For yeah, some yeah, no, I know. You know, it's just. <laughs> Dude, I'm not even going to talk about bad stories on this thing. Um, usually there's some dark, you know, of course there's bad stories that happened in uh, the Bay Area. But, you know, man, another time, dude, I'm having such a positive, uplifting thing. And for everybody that's listening, it's easy to fall into buzzkill zone, okay? But don't fall, you don't have to fall, you don't have to fall into there, dude. You you got enough shit that you can ride positively to keep your mind balanced. I got to do the fucking same thing. You know, I got to do the same fucking thing. And, uh, I'm going to continue doing that right now by talking about ghost stories. All right, let's hear that fucking ghost story, bro. Cause I want to hear that shit. I want to hear that one you were talking about that. They said it was a brothel, but it, it's not. What the fuck's that about? <laughs> okay, so there's two. So we have the Port Costa one, or we have the Oregon property one. Ooh, I'll let you choose, man. I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Oregon property. All right. All right, so we had thrown a big high school party. I was going to school up in, up in Oregon. I was going to high school up there. Dad had moved us up there anyways. I was on my buddy Jed's property. Of course, his name is Jed <laughs> up in Oregon. You know, <laughs> we actually used to call him Backwoods Jed from the woodshed. <laughs> he, you know, he actually had a woodshed. Not a lot of people in California have a woodshed. You know. So, anyways, uh, it was after a big party, and um, I didn't go to school the next day. Everybody else went to school. The property was empty, and. Um, so I was basically out in the barn cleaning up all the cans and shit. I was cleaning up the cans, cleaning up the cans. And uh, actually, there was a couple instances on the property of freaky shit. But uh, So this first one was I was out in the barn alone sweeping. His mom was coming home from, uh, I think she had went to visit California to go see Jed's dad or something. She was away for the weekend. That's why we had this huge rager. Of like, you know, a hundred kids. So I was out in the barn and, uh, and he had this big ass punching bag. It was like not a small punching bag. It was like, like a big ass 200 pound punching bag. And I'm sweeping and I just hear the chain from the punching bag squeaking like, <laughs> and I turn around and the fucking punching bag is in full swing. Like, almost getting vertical to the rafter it was hanging from and there's nobody around and dude i fucking 
I ran out of that place so fast. I like ran into the fucking house, called everybody I knew, like, oh my God, there's a fucking ghost out in Jed's barn. But uh, I guess his grandfather had passed in there. They had like a, a trailer or something, but his grandfather had passed. And uh, they think that he haunts the place. He he died, kind of like Elvis. He died on the on the shitter. Um, no disrespect to the man. No. Nope. Uh, but uh, I guess he used to. Um, I guess he used to partake also. Yeah. So if you smoked in his house, because so when his mom was gone, you know, we used to smoke weed in the house too. Um, you would get. So we'd leave the windows open so it didn't smell like weed when his mom <laughs> would come home. Yeah. So the windows used to slam shut and they were they were, you know, like they wouldn't pull down, they would pull sideways. Oh shit. So it wasn't like, you know, they just fell. So you used to get windows when whenever we smoked weed, it was the freakiest thing. You'd get the windows slamming shut. Boom. It was irritating, huh? It was irritating this entity or No, he no, he liked he was, I think he was trying to keep the smoke in the house. Oh, I see. Like he liked the smell. <laughs> That's what Jed used to tell me. He's like, dude, it's fucking freaky. He's like, he's like, I'll show you guys. So like, you know, we, every time we used to smoke in the house, you'd hear all the windows around the house. Boom. If they were open, all the windows would close in the fucking house. It was fucking so freaky. That's and a, then you're it's an interesting and theory. It's an interesting theory that fucking... You know, this. Well, he was a smoker. He was, I guess, he was a secret smoker. They like found, you know, his stash when he had passed away and stuff. I love the stoner ghost, man. That's fucking awesome, dude. The stoner grandpa ghost who died on the shitter. Dang, dude. But, dude the, the the punching bag thing. Like, I went back later and like pushed on the punching bag, and like it took like you know maybe like six pushes. And I'm I'm a pretty big dude. Like, it took maybe like six pushes to get it like almost horizontal to where it would hit the rafter that was like, you know, it was hanging from. Yeah. It was just like all of a sudden I turned, there was no way there's no wind. I could have done that. Not even a hundred mile an hour wind could have done that. It's funny how it someone will swinging. still troll you dude and be like, well, there is a way that, you know, <laughs> there was. that someone could there still, yeah, they're troll your ass, you know, know, be like, Oh God, people like you. you know? <laughs> Yeah. You know, but I believe it, man. No, that shit, uh, dude, that shit freaked me out. Plus, I, I know you, dude, and I know that that shit's totally true. So, yeah, I'm not making shit up. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> I'd like to think I'm reputable, but <laughs> I might not say that. You want to hear something about Rocky? You can trust that motherfucker, okay? I'll tell you right now. <laughs> it's totally true. Yeah, but this, the. Yeah, but the punching bag, that was probably my first ghost experience ever. God. And I, I was probably like, you know, 17, I think, right around there. Hmm. Hung over. Fucking ran so fast. Ran, ran so fast out of there into the house. I was like, you could, I called uh, my buddy Jed. I was like, you get me the fuck out of here because it's way in the middle of nowhere. I think I had somebody come pick me up immediately after that. <laughs> Hell yeah, you did, dude. Well, you know, I mean, All right. I'm still in shock listening to it. I'm like, whoa, I could feel it. You know, like, I'm just like, oh, my God. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's different when you just hear people talk about shit. You know, it's hard to believe shit people say, really. But once once something happens to you, then then you're like, oh, fuck. And you're There's usually, no way to explain that. There's no fucking way to explain that. Plus, no one else is with you. No, yeah. wind hit that. no one else was with you. That's the main one, you know. No, and they couldn't even. I would have. I was just sweeping <coughs> right by it. I was sweeping. It was like right. It's probably like you know, fifteen feet behind me. I would have heard somebody. It was like cement floor inside, like a metal garage. I would have heard them. There was no music playing. I would have heard somebody run in, and, you know, it's a huge property in the middle of fucking nowhere. Nobody's sneaking onto the property to push a punching bag six times to get it going, you know? Is that really, like, the only one that you, you've you been in? Like, because I've only had really, like, one. I mean, I've seen shit, and I've heard shit around me, but I've only had well, one full, the windows, full frontal. windows. 
I've I've had one full frontal, yeah, and that was at um, that was in Port Costa. Let's hear that one. That was at the Burlington. That was at the Burlington Hotel. So, if uh, anybody knows where Port Costa is at, it's kind of like tucked in between. Um, what is it like Hercules and and what's the other what's the other small town on the other side of Port Costa? I don't know. Oh, I forget the name of it. The Sugar Town. The Sugar Town. Well, let's call it Sugar Town for now. <laughs> Why can't I remember the name? Anyway, so I it's my birthday. Yeah. I am completely sober. We are going to stay the night at the Burlington Hotel, which is basically an old boarding house from like the 1800s. I think mid to early 1800s so it's like you know it's really beautiful inside yeah it's kind of deteriorating it's fucking creepy as shit everybody and their mom says it's fucking haunted so we're like all right let's just fucking go i didn't go you know seeking ghosts or anything we basically we're just having a party we're going to this this amazing bar across the street called the warehouse which is just a fucking huge warehouse basically filled with a shit ton of taxidermy and it's just a badass place to go, you know? I just like being there. Yeah. So we're over there. Uh, you go over there first to get your keys, right? So I'm setting up all the rooms first. I go and I pay for my room, and all my friends, they pay for their rooms. And I'm bringing all the luggage upstairs because they basically go, okay, here you go. And they throw you the keys. So you open a key to the front door. You have two keys, a key to the front door and then a key to your room. And it's like four stories. So I think I was on like, you know, the third story or something. So I go upstairs. All my friends are bringing all their luggage up. Everybody's bringing their bags and shit in. And I'm up on the third story. And uh, and um, I put my shit away. Everybody puts their shit away and they leave. So I'm the only one in the fucking hotel. So on the third store, there's just this bench in the hallway. And uh, I'm sitting on the bench. I'm just like, I'm just chilling doing nothing and uh i start to hear footsteps i'm like wait i thought everybody left and so there's a cross it's i'm in the stairwell hallway and there's a mirror big ass mirror to my left about about waist height so i hear these footsteps and i look over in the mirror and in the reflection of the mirror there's a lady in in full like 1800s garb like a big fancy dress Oh, she just basically walks like like she's getting reflected in the mirror, the old ass mirror. She she just gets reflected in the mirror and she just do, 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 just walks past the mirror, doesn't look at me or anything, just gets reflected in this mirror, just walks past it. And, uh, dude, I fucking I screamed like a little girl. Oof, I, I like, feel it, man. <laughs> Dude, I fucking ran down those stairs, almost fell down those stairs. I was like, I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, you saw it. You saw it. there was nobody there. It was just a reflection in the fucking mirror of her just walking, just going about her merry business. It's like the haunted mansion. Like she was headed headed to her her room or something. It's like the haunted mansion, dude. That's, you know, when you're on the ride. Yeah, just some big frilly dress with some fancy hat. Oh, my God. And I just go running out of there. <clears throat> and and uh yeah there's nothing set up in that hotel like i just ran out of there over to the bar i was like holy fuck i just fucking saw a lady over there they're like what do you mean i'm like you just seen a lady in like 1800 scarf <laughs> oh my like, walking past the mirror but, <laughs> but she wasn't there they're like what i'm like yes they're like are you wasted i'm like i have not had one fucking beer nope. yet you were legit you were legit so mm-hmm. legit sober legit sober y'all um and i know it too man you you're a fucking straight up cat dude i know this shit about you that's that's i could feel that one i got fucking liver skin on that Ooh, one that one, that one was that one was a hard one to i deal felt with. that oh god you know man that one was hard to deal with. Every time I think about that, it fucking just gives me the the EBGDs, dude. Like I, <laughs> yeah, just talking about it, I get, I get the the tinglys, you know. I have had a few weirdo experiences, like one time getting turned around on a trail in this fucking place where satanic fucking shit was supposed to be happening. It was called the Dow Plant on Carolina Beach on the Cape Fear River in North Carolina. 
and uh, yeah, the chemical like an, like an abandoned yeah plant. It was, yeah it was abandoned Dow plant. It got bombed during World War II. It blew or blew up. I don't think it bombed. It was just there was a mishap in the inside the you know plant itself, and it blew up. It became a hippie hangout over the years after brush grew over it, and then it turned into a satanic fucking ritual place. With stories back there. The dark children. Well, that was... I know this ghost story. I'll tell this one. This was the one about Big Tom, you know. I may have told it on an episode. I don't give a fuck. Whatever. You're listening to this one now, buddy. Um, but... <laughs> Big Big Tom, man. He was this cop on the island, on Pleasure Island, where me and all these skaters lived. You know, we were all punk rock and skating, listening to the DRI Misfits, the whole nine yards, you know. And, uh... It was like the 80s. Um, and we were, you know, high school, young high school, <clears throat> ninth grade, 10th grade, some shit. Um, big Tom was this, I'm not sure what tribe he was, so not to disrespect, but he was Native American and he was just a brick house dude. And, um, just this huge guy. And he, and he talked like this, like lurch, you know, <laughs> and he rolled up on us. We were all hanging out on the boardwalk, skateboarding. And he goes, and he knew we'd been going back to the Dow plant. And he said, I don't want you guys going back there anymore. And we're like, what's up, Tom? And he's like, this is what's up. And he took off his uniform, like, uh, you know, like his top or whatever. He unbuttoned his shirt. And he showed us this fucking scar that went from his abdomen all the way up to his neck. And it just fucking was this, you know, huge what? ass, deep ass scar. And he goes, Sat Satanist did that to us. There's our little alarm. Don't worry about it. I can keep it rolling. Don't worry. Um, anyway, uh, Big Tom was like, you know, I don't want you guys going back out there. Uh, some years ago, the mayor lived on Curry Beach, which was Middle Beach on the island. So it was Carolina Beach, Curry Beach, and then Fort Fisher. And Fort Fisher is where the Civil War ended. You know, there's already ghosts out there. Wow. And fucking Curry Beach was where the mayor was living. He had a seven-year-old daughter. Just to wrap it up, you know, he fucking uh, lost the kid somewhere on Dow Road. She ended up in the woods. They could hear her screaming at night. Search parties. It's not that thick of a wood, man, between the river and the fucking road, bro. You're not really looking that. There's not much to scour, you know? Yeah. And there is, but it's not, you know, you got a team out there. You're good. And they just couldn't find her. So the mayor lost his daughter, basically. And for two years, the screaming goes on. This is between, like, 80 and 82, and uh, they keep hearing this girl screaming. And then finally, one day, they get the Carolina Beach cops get the call in. And they're like, hey, you know, uh, there's a satanic uh, thing going on out here. And all these cops fucking show up looking for the daughter because they could hear the they got reports about the little girl screaming there. They're fucking come armed and loaded, man. And they see them sacrificing this cat, you know. And the cops are all, freeze, motherfuckers! You know, the Satanists start throwing daggers and all this shit, like ninjas. And two of them go into really? this abandoned chemical, you know, cave that had been rubbled down. Tom and a couple other guys surrounded him. And the guy had this uh, script, and he goes, if you kill me, he goes, I'll take this script with me. And it's, you know, the script was a, ma a magician spell that told you how to turn people invisible, which implied that the little girl was invisible and only they knew where she was and that fucking, they weren't going to find her ass. And, uh, you know, they, they killed the guy. They took the script that's hanging up in the Carolina beach police department to this day, y'all. Um, but, uh, you know, they never found the girl eerie enough. That was my one ghost story that bothered me. And, you know, I never went out there again. After he told me that shit, I was like, fuck that. <laughs> you know? And, you know, this guy was pretty serious. He had that look in his eye like, and if I see you guys out there after I told you this shit, it's not going to go good for you kids, okay? So, fuck off. It was kind of like that, you know? That's my one ghost story. Working out for you. 
The only other ghost story I got, man, that happened to me, bro, was Robin Williams. I was I was haunted by Robin Williams. And if you really? want, yep, I did a whole episode about it, y'all. I'm not even going to launch into it. You want to hear it? It's all there. It's eerie as fuck, Rocky. Just go back and listen to the sp- spooky L.A. episode number 13. I think that's what it's called. And uh, it talks about a skinwalker I came across. You know what a skin fucking walker is? Yes, I do. Right there in L.A., y'all. Skinwalker, then Robin Williams. And Robin Williams connecting me to Elise Lamb. You know who that is? No, I don't. She's the the young Asian woman that was found at the Cecil Motel freaking out. And then they found her body in the water tower fucking two weeks later, totally nude. People were drinking the water, and the water was black. <laughs> what? Uh-huh. And fucking, uh, here, hold on one second. Yep, the episode involves fucking Elise Lamb, uh, a Wendigo, the ghost of Robin Williams, and a skinwalker. How's that sound for you? Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds amazing. Well, go back, you guys, and listen to that. It's one of the crazier. And I was not on any drugs, so go fuck yourself. And I'm sober, too. I haven't been drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Just smoking, y'all. Well, I'm smoking sober. (laughs) I'm smoke sober. (laughs) I'm smoking myself sober. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. I think after shit like the Stork Club and other, other dives over the years, Eli's was no help, you know. I mean, I just got tired of it all, man. I was like, ah, fuck it. I'm over it. Yeah, exactly. You kind of see... I'm not quite there, but I'm getting there. You're getting there, dude. You're a little younger than me. You'll be like, the sours of the world. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) You're like 40. Be like 40 next year. Oh, you're a youngin'. Oh, that's young. (laughs) (laughs) My crippled ass. Anyway, guys, I hope you had a fucking uh, awesome time with me and good old Rocky here, man. You know, it's good to hear you, I had man. A great time. It was cool today. Thank you, dude. Um, and guys, if you uh, ever go to Oakland, um, just don't run into. Make sure the tunnels are real. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, at one point, I'll do the dark. Oakland episode, but that wasn't what this one, this was the uh, PMA episode of Oakland. There's There was plenty of good shit that came out of there, you know, so some good we shit. Should a, we should do a dark tour of the Bay Area. I'm down. That would be rad. Well, you know, uh, I got dark stories from there, man. It's not, you know, for the... <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad, y'all. Some places are just evil. Well, you know, you got to remember, like, remember where uh, Oakland and Emeryville and uh, I guess it was Berkeley all connect right there at the recycling plant on Peralta and 35th or something like that? Yeah. It's a park. That place. It's that a little park. It's, a, it's the Bermuda Triangle of Oakland. And right there, there was a house called Dead Rat Beach. I guess there's like a new generation of Dead Rat Beachers that live in there. You know, I don't know who any of them are. But uh, if the house exists, you know it's still punk um, on some level. You know, I'll do a Dead Rat Beach fucking story there. Oh, my God. That house was fucked. That fucking house was fucked. It wasn't like paranormal fucked. It was just Oakland scum scumified fucked <laughs> but there were some rats there the oakland rats i saw were as big as dogs you know and they were like this weird y- greasy yellow color Ugh. god oh fucked up wharf rats Ugh. greasy Ugh. greasy mustard rats oh <laughs> <laughs> fucking love you rocky man thanks for being here tonight today whenever we're yeah. i don't know it doesn't matter to a repo what? man. Night, day, doesn't matter to a repo man. Nope. From one repo man to another, and to all you guys, adios. Adios. Well, <clears throat> the ghost, uh, stoner ghost grandpa who died shitting on the toilet was certainly the highlight. <laughs>
want to thank Rocky for uh, being here tonight with me, man. This has been pretty awesome. I'm glad I haven't... Uh... Whoa! Hold on. Oh, sweet. <laughs> you got to hear about the uh, stork and uh, the motherfucker who ended up being a racist there. I guess he couldn't hide it too long. Oh, shit. And you got to hear about the Weasley walrus known as Matt Pike. Fuck you, Matt Pike. Fuck your ass. Sleep is awesome. There's a couple High on Fire songs that are cool, whatever. Got to hear about fucking some ghost stories. Punching bag moving. Mm. Rocky's a good guy. We got to have a few beers together. It's right before my sobriety. <laughs> fucking sober. Yeah, right. Well, stay tuned in. We got more coming. You go fuck yourself. Here you go, Rocky. Here you go. Filet a Nazi today, guys. Z Man was the original Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> you guys stick around and there's going to be more to come and smoke the fuck up thanks Rocky you're the dude peace Thanks for tuning in to Adam Air MDGED Underground Cartoon Therapy. Now heard on over 12 planets in 13 major galaxies. Brought to you by Hormel Chili and Hostess Twinkies. Hmm. Hostess Twinkies. Smoke up, get high, America, and stay tuned in for the next episode of Adamair MD GED.